Blog Talk Radio. Guys, Guys Radio, this is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to our 316th podcast of Guys, Guys Radio. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you want to be? Do you know how to handle this world we live in? Well, we have a special guest this evening, and I'm excited to bring out in a few minutes. Her name is Morgan Lynn. And she's written this book called The Spirited Human, Proactive Tools for a Reactive World. And uh, it's just a fascinating book. And what I, one of the things I really liked about it, uh, anybody can relate to this book. It gives you a lot of tools to use in terms of really, uh, uh, I guess you would call it, it's a handbook for finding yourself. And uh, a lot of exercises for grounding and for meditation, for anchoring, connecting with your higher self how to work with your chakras, real uh, basic stuff uh, that we should all know how to do, but most of us don't. We just haven't been giving any training on it. And I think more and more in our world, we're going to be getting that training. And that's one of the things I want to do here on Guys Guys Radio. Uh, I want to bring to our listeners, men and women, because a lot of uh, opportunities to learn new tools or to get a refresher course in tools they may already know and just want to understand different angles of how people approach these things because they can help you live a better life. And that's what we're all about here on Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. As I've told you before, it started with my novel. It's actually a novel because I believe, as Morgan does in The Power of Story, I wrote a novel about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. You can still pick it up on Amazon and any of the e-tailers and in some bookstores. And it's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. But it's also, it's really, it's about love. It's about women getting in under the tent into the world of men, how it really is. And it's been called the male successor to sex in the city. So from there, we started Guy's Guy's Radio. And we also, we've done 316 podcasts, all different types of guests. And we've also uh, been blogging on robertmanni.com, my website. And a lot of those posts are syndicated throughout the, the web. And I hope you enjoy what we're doing because we're here to serve. That's what we're here for, to get the message out, to showcase a lot of our guests and what they're attempting to do and the positive messages they're putting out there and just really giving uh, an opportunity to generate awareness for a lot more than what we get in our day-to-day lives where it's get up, go to work, eat, have a drink after work, maybe work out, pay your bills, watch some TV, want to throw a beer at the TV when you're watching the news, uh, maybe have a little love making. And then get to sleep and rinse and repeat. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm finding as a boomer that a lot of my friends, they're getting, they're winding down their corporate life. And many people are just rejecting it altogether. And people want to look at things in a different way. And they're seeking now. There's a lot of seeking going on. Women are way ahead of men in terms of being in touch with a lot of these metaphysical and spiritual tools that are at our disposal, as well as wellness. But guys now are starting to open up and they want to know more and I'm here for them and also for women too uh, because we're in this together and we have to respect each other as human beings. So before I bring Morgan on here, first of all, I want to do a shout out to Angela Levesque. Uh, she is a uh, another person who is really putting a positive message out there. She's got a podcast and she's got books, and she's really a really terrific person. She's been on our show, and she recently moved with her family to Japan and has been dealing with all the 
I've been reading up on pa- Facebook, all the tsunamis and all that, but she introduced me to Morgan. And uh, so thank you, Angela. She's a wonderful person. Okay, what's going on in the guys guys world out there? Well, it is October 8th. Here we are in New York City. It's been dreary and drizzly all day. We're having the weirdest September and October. We've had a patch of, you know, a handful of these beautiful uh, autumn days, sunny and all, but we've had really gloomy, terrible weather <laughs> since the end of August. It's just weird. Um, this Columbus Day weekend, the forecasts were for bright, sunny, st- sunny skies for three days, and it was nothing but uh, that. Um, and today was just drizzle and overcast the entire day. And this evening, we've got the Yankees playing the Red Sox up at Yankee Stadium. I'm here in Upper Manhattan, so I'm not too far away. But it's going to be one of those rainy, drizzly nights. Um, hopefully, we'll look at the game in because it's not really raining. It's just been like some spritzing here and there. But it just had the it's weird. It's almost like tropical weather here. It's been very humid. Also, I went for a run yesterday and uh, yesterday morning, and I was drenched by the time I ran the 6.2-mile uh, loop around Central Park, which I love to do at least once a week. And it was, uh, there was no breeze. It was clammy and warm, and I was completely drenched. And you don't really think about that. You think of, you know, you go out for a run in October, it's going to be crisp and cool, but I'm sure those days are coming, but it's supposed to actually keep getting warmer this week. Uh, and then I guess we're going to get the end of a little bit. What is this hurricane Michael? that's going to move up uh, in the panhandle um, in Florida on the Western edge of Florida. So hopefully that doesn't uh, hammer people too badly down there. There's enough with the weather. What else is happening? Um, okay, so Kavanaugh is now on the Supreme Court. That's interesting. I read somebody who I thought was a real liberal on Facebook posted a thing about, you know, this is going to change everything because now the cabal is going to be exposed and everything. And it's like, there's so much information and different ideas out there. I just didn't like the way that, um, I don't like what this guy kind of stands for in his past decisions. I didn't like his uh, behavior um, when he was uh, being questioned. And I don't like how our president has kind of made him the victim because, you know, with, with everything that's going on, the, the women far and away, yes, men have been accused incorrectly of things, but far and away, far, far, far and away, women have been victimized. The men aren't the victims here. There's going to be some bad behavior. Some guys are going to get accused of things they haven't done. And uh, if they open up and say, investigate they should be okay but we can't dismiss or just sweep away a lot of what's happened to women because it's really tough a lot of men don't understand like it's tough for women to come forward and look what happened to this this uh, woman this uh, dr ford he's humiliated by the president of the united states for coming out for doing what she felt was right and just get trashed and they were shouting in one of his uh rallies like lock her up. Like, let's we need this country needs to come together. Uh, we need a we need some leadership here that brings people together and it's not pitting people against each other. Enough of this. So get out there and vote. Coming up, I think it's November sixth. Get out and vote. Whoever you're going to vote for, one side or the other, just vote. And let's determine it that way. But when half the country doesn't vote. Then, uh, you know, you're going to deal with uh, a lot of uh, the effects of gerrymandering and uh, et cetera. And uh, if people don't vote, it's going to be all Republican. If people get out there and vote, at least we'll hear the voice of more people. And whoever wins, wins. But get out there and vote. What else is happening? Okay, we're in the middle of the football season. The Here in New York, we had the Jets beat the Broncos. Um, they're coming together a little bit. The Giants lost on a 63-yard field goal in the last second. I play fantasy football, and I had uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and frankly, he hasn't been really killing it this year, but it's not. I don't think it's been his fault whatsoever. They throw him like these little five-yard dink and dunk passes, but yesterday he actually they uh, had a trick play, and he threw a touchdown pass, which is great, and he also caught one, so he got me 24 points yesterday, so I'll see what happens tonight. I have a 14-point lead. I have Alvin Kamara and then his running mate, who just came back from uh, suspension, Mark Ingram. He's back. He's playing for my opponent tonight, so we'll see what happens. I'm in pretty good shape, but you never know. Um, 
I had a reading by uh, one of our prior guests, uh, Sarah R. Adams, um, this past couple of days, uh, and uh, one hour hearing and uh, a healing. Uh, it was a healing. It was a reading and removed a lot of blockages and brought some closure to some things and opened some other things up and even was a, a DNA upgrade. And it's fantastic. She's wonderful. So if you get a chance or you want to do some type of a healing and you're open to these type of things, Sarah R. Adams is her name, Sarah with an H, S-A-R-A-H-R, middle initial, Adams. So if you're interested, check her out. She's wonderful. My wife's going to do the same thing now. I really got a lot out of it. What else? I'm going to talk later a little bit about man's kind of modern man's search for meaning. Cause I keep thinking about, you know, with so much going on, I think that with particularly with millennials where they have a hard time really finding out and finding meaning in their lives. A lot of, you know, we have a lot of the creature comforts, but so it's not a survival mode type of thing, the way it's been in the past. So then how do you kind of define yourself? How do you create meaning in your life? And I see, I was watching everybody come through Penn station the other day they were all getting dressed up for Comic-Con and places like for that. And I was thinking, wow, you know, people really take this seriously. I, I wonder if that's like they're putting themselves into these characters. Is this just a fun thing for the day? Or are they really like think, seeing themselves as like this is how they want to be? Because there is in the modern world, which is so tech driven, a, a, a difficulty in terms of uh, creating meaning in our lives. So something to think about. I'll riff on it a little bit later. So, okay, it is uh, 7-11. I want to bring Morgan on. And also, if you want, uh, we're going to take some calls. She's a spiritual medium. She's an empath, a clairvoyant, and an intuitive consultant, as well as being an author. So if you want to call us, and one question for a mini reading, uh, the number is, and I know people listen to podcasts after the fact, but sometimes we get some calls. The call-in number is 347-945-5834, 347 we're going to take a super duper short break and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. All right, we're back. And as I said, our special guest is Morgan Lynn. I can't wait to bring her on now. Uh, she's been a professional psychic, intuitive coach, radio host, and spiritual meeting, medium for the last 12 years. She's also a Mandela artist, which I don't know what that is. And she creates steampunk jewelry, dabbles in photography, and is currently living in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area with her husband and their two fur babies. She's also, as I mentioned, a spiritual medium, an empath, a clairvoyant, intuitive consultant, author of the book, The Spirited Human, Proactive Tools for the Reactive World. And her belief is that everyone is intuitive and she's on a mission to help them discover it. And she was guided by a group of uh, divine beings called the guys uh, to help her in her work. And so let's bring her on right now. Uh, she's wonderful. Morgan Lynn. Good evening, Morgan. How are you? Hi, Robert. Thanks. I'm really well. Thanks for having me. Great. Okay. So uh, congratulations on the book. It's really interesting. It's very practical too. I think people will get a lot out of it as I did. Yeah. Um, what was kind of, a, I think for the our audience, it might be interesting to tell them about uh, what your, uh, let's, let's go back a little bit. And how did you learn that you had the gifts you had and then leading us all the way up to when you got kind of the download to, uh, to write a book and you rejected it a couple of times. And then the third time you said, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this. And you write, wrote this book. So how did you learn about who you are? How did you deal with the gifts you have? And then. How do you communicate with your guides, and how did that lead up to this book? Okay, that's a let, let's start at the beginning. I probably uh, around seven or eight years old is when I realized that something was different, but I didn't have the capacity, the ability to understand it, and so I was just really afraid of it. Um, I could feel things around me, and I couldn't see them, and so that scared me. You know, you can imagine seven or eight years old. Something's wrong. It doesn't feel safe. I always feel like people are following me. And because I was so afraid of it, I shut it down uh, for years. I just, just, if you shove things away hard enough, eventually they'll just go dormant. And I thought, okay, good. I'm done with that. I can move on, try to be normal. Probably around 27, 28 is when they started to come back on again. And luckily I had already been studying meditation and the chakra system and 
I was getting interested in the spiritual world. So I had a little bit more um, ability to handle it this time. But at the time, honestly, I didn't really want to have guys in my life. I misunderstood what they were. I thought that they were trying to get me to believe certain things or or do certain things. And I was um, pretty independent, and I didn't want anyone telling me what to do. So I pushed them away for a long, long time. And then finally, I at some point, I just went ahead and surrendered, and they, my curiosity got the best of me, and I started cultivating a relationship with them where they would show me how to take care of my spiritual self. They would um, show me the kinds of books they wanted me to read or classes that they wanted me to take. So I really felt like I had this connection with these teachers that were showing me other teachers, and it and it helped me kind of ease into that relationship uh, without being afraid of it. So it's a long, long story, but in a, a nutshell kind of um, – quick shot of how it all happened for me. Mm-hmm. How, how did they communicate with you and uh, how do they communicate with you now? And how did you know, and who are they? How did they, mm-hmm. if they did identify themselves and how did you know what you were dealing with? And did you, you know, have to do any uh, kind of uh, qualifying, if you will, as to who they were, if they were positive entities or negative entities, yeah. they tell you who they represent and all of that stuff. Because I've, I've interviewed a lot of folks who are, who channel and work with different guides. I had a woman, uh, Karen Noe, on a couple of weeks ago. She works with the Wheat Consciousness. It includes St. Francis uh, Assisi. Wayne Dyer is one of the people she channels. Paul Selig, I've interviewed a number of times. Uh, Jeanette Meek, who I take a spiritual enfoldment class, she uh, channels the uh, the Brotherhood. And uh, and then there's, mm. there's more and more. So uh, I, I guess every, right. it's all connected. And the individuals are connected in the group and the groups are connected with the other groups and then their groups are connected with right. our higher selves. So how, how did, did, have you ferreted out who these, your guides are? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a process to this. Um, I would, I tell everyone have faith and trust and be open, like go ahead and give yourself the opportunity to be open to them, but question everything because, I agree. There is um, nefarious energies in the universe, and they they are looking for opportunities to kind of sneak in the back door without you noticing. And so it took me a few years to really get clear uh, who they were for me. They're my own personal guides. Everyone has their own, which is comforting in a way because I feel like they're our team members. When we're born, they come in with us, and they're their chief role is to really help us get through the life that we designed before we forgot about the life we designed. And so it's nice to know that someone's there that remembers everything we said. But yes, I've had to do some vetting over the years because not all guides have your highest good in mind. And it, there is a skill about that. There is, um, you know, falling down and practicing and figuring it out, of course, uh, there's a lot of things in the universe, and it's not all good. And I don't want to add fear to the conversation, but I want to add practicality to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Don't just trust, have faith, but question everything. So do you ask, uh, or did you ask, um, because I've been told um, that you ask if something comes, you know, some type of entity, uh, you uh do you are you from the guides divine white light or where from what light do you from where do you come um uh things like that um do you do anything for protection uh yeah there's a lot of different things that you know a lot of different areas we could go into on that on that question um because i'm empathic i feel so when a spirit or a being comes into my field i feel them and over the years, I've gotten really clear of what vibrations feel of the light and what vibrations feel not of the light. And so let's just say a, a being comes into my room and I tune into them. I can instantly tell if they're good or not. And I know that sounds really weird, but I, that's my own vetting process is, no, you have a frequency that doesn't jive with my frequency. And the fact that my guys always stand in a particular place in my in my radius 
if I hear any other voices coming from any other direction, I know it's not my guides. So I automatically know to question it. Who are you? What do you want? What do you stand for? And then, yes, if I don't like their answers, then then I get rid of them. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, you're going to help us with it. anybody can kind of do what you're doing. It's just a matter of getting our frequency mm-hmm. raised enough that we can kind of tap in. I do some uh, dowsing with uh, one of those things on a chain, um, amulet on a chain. And um, a couple of the times pe- I got a pendulum, yeah, pendulum, right. And uh, I've worked with it. And I ask now, because I say, give me the, tell me uh, which is yes, which is no. And then I ask them, are you, are you here from the, you know, the light uh, or something to that effect? And, uh, and mm-hmm. if not, you have to leave. And sometimes I felt that the entity, whatever it was, was coming in to play with me. And uh, you basically, mm-hmm. you just say, leave. <laughs> and they leave. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's we good. have the power over our own space. Like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think people don't understand is that we are humans are the coveted prize, and so we have this misunderstanding that we have no say over our over our own body, uh, over our own energy, because everything in the universe is more powerful than we are. That's not true. We are the mm-hmm. most powerful one in our dimension. And they don't want us to know that. So, yeah, they're going to try and give the illusion that they can overpower us so that we have no say and we just have to go along with it. But if you say, no, you don't have any power here, you have to leave, they have to leave. <laughs> it's very fascinating. Hmm. Let's, uh, let's get into your book a little bit. The name of the book is A Spirited Human, Proactive Tools for, the Re- for a Reactive World, which is great if you really think about it that's the world we live in. We do so we react to everything instead of being proactive and it's a, it becomes a problem. And it seems like from what you're implying in the book that the game kind of is rigged and it's up to us to kind of rediscover ourselves and re and claim our power, if you will. Is that, am I on the right uh, track there? Very much so. Uh, the reactive is, is kind of a nod to the ego self of us, the part that gets very knee-jerk response activated where everything's out to get us and I'm right, you're wrong. And that actually <laughs> causes a lot of problems. I was listening to you speak before you brought me on and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's our world right now. We're so ingrained in this immediate fight. I need to fight against you so that I can prove I'm right. That causes a lot of struggle in our world. And if we could step back a little bit and pause and then be proactive with questions and open-mindedness and really hearing a person from where they are, not having to agree with them, but just really getting compassion involved, we get way less of that reactionary mode in our world. And so we, we can hear each other and see each other and, and relate to each other. Okay. Um, I had mentioned during the intro that you're a Mandela artist, and I, I don't know what that is. Um, I admit it. What is that? I know the Mandela yeah, effect, no, what that is. No, yeah, that's the, that's a totally different thing. The um, And not that you're pronouncing it wrong. I pronounce it Mandela. Um, the Mandala is an art of um, – it's a meditative tool that the Buddhists, the Tibetans, uh, the Tibetan monks, they practice this meditative circular – art where the mandala is anything that gets your attention in a meditative way where you can look at it and go into it and and um, like a subconscious kind of traveling into the mandala so it's an ancient tool used for meditation i use it for shadow work honestly um for me the circular art always you know we talk about coming full circle a lot in our world but i like to think of it as coming full spiral where i'm not repeating it over and over again but i am coming back around to have like a a review of what i have done in my life but the mandala captures me and it holds me in that thought process and that state where i really can just kind of swirl around in it a little bit and and work it through my mind while i paint and it gives me this beautiful arena to delve into my shadow and, and, and have my process so that I can understand myself better when I come out of it. Okay. Thank you. 
I, I should know that, and now I do. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> well, you know, also I want for our audience, I want to introduce them to as much as we can um, in as short a time as we have. Um, how do, you, how do yeah. people um, go beyond their comfort zone? If we're living in this reactive world, um, which is ego-driven, and we respond, and it's like Xerox copy of every day, uh, one after the other, how, how can people kind of, uh, and I think, as I mentioned, there's some seeking going on, but how can people kind of extend beyond and transcend beyond their, what's the comfort zone? Because a lot of people don't want to, mm-hmm. they want to live small. And I'm not saying this in a critical way, but they're, 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 they're going for the, uh, I don't want to say easy way out that come across wrong, but they're looking for safety. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get, yeah. you know, the, you know, something happens on the street, people start fighting or something instead of uh, helping or breaking it up. People, you know, they look the other way or they videotape it nowadays. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 right. a, it's a scary world in some ways. It is. So people don't want to get involved. Uh, somebody gets hit by okay. a car or something. People are afraid to help them because they might get sued or whatever. It's just, it's, it's, it's tough. Modern life is tough on people. So how do they, mm-hmm. how can they, what are some of the steps they can take? to transcend their comfort zone, which is kind of a well, discomfort one, zone. Right, right, exactly. The comfort zone is a lie, and we seek it every day. It's the ego side of us. When we are comfortable, the ego can, can keep us safe because it's really wired to have the human survive. And so it'll seek out the comfort zone because it can calculate its results there. And so taking risks or doing something unknown or traveling to foreign countries and doing daring things, the ego can't calculate that. So it will always try to talk us out of doing those things. The issue is, yeah, we're comfortable, but we're dying because we aren't alive. The, and the comfort isn't always about being comfortable. Like you said, it's we go back to what we know, but sometimes what we know is toxic and abusive. We know it. So there's comfort there, but it's actually harming us. And so actually having conversations like this to let people kind of ponder what that means to them is a start. But like I laid out in my book, I think there are some proactive steps to be able to get moving in that direction of getting out of being enslaved in your own ego and the own comfort zone. Um, Cultivating self-awareness is such a big deal. Asking yourself questions, how do I feel how do I feel now? Um, if something changes down the road, paying attention to the interactions you've had. We are, I'm sure you've heard the term, we're sheeple, where we're kind of asleep yeah. and we're just going along with what everybody says. That's the issue with this is we're just kind of trying to get through life and we're just trying to survive and hoping that we do our best all the way through it but we're asleep and that's not really thriving and that's not being in joy of being in the experience. And so whatever we can do to wake ourselves up and try new things and take risks. Yeah. It's going to be scary, but do it anyway. I think part of the wisdom is in knowing that my favorite thing that I try to remember is just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean I'm going to die. Just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's actually dangerous uncomfortable is where we're stretching our limits and we're trying on new things. That's Mm -hmm. okay. It's going to be uncomfortable, but that's the reason to be alive. And so I try to give myself those little pet talks when I'm doing something that I've never done before and I really don't want to show up for it. So that's my own little pet talk. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about some of the tools that you uh, get into in the book. Um, how, and cause I think everybody can do this and you have exercises for grounding meditation, mm-hmm. chakra alignment. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about the auric field, um, the four glass ec- exercise, uh, for law of attraction, yeah. but, uh, let's start with, uh, you know, grounding, uh, because that's a, that's a good one to start with where you have the exercise mm-hmm. where you kind of go up to the sun and then into the earth and with the, uh, Circles there connected. You could do a figure eight or a couple different ways. You have meditation tips, uh, chakra alignment. Why don't you talk about those for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Starting off right away, you're right. I believe everyone can do these things. I feel like everyone should be doing them. 
because we all are created the same way. We are, we look different. It's like every car looks different, but it all has the same engine and that engine needs maintenance. So the steps that I've laid out in the book are the maintenance, the grounding and the centering. I tell everybody, if you do nothing else in life, do that and you'll notice a difference. Because the grounding connects you to your humanity. It connects you to the physicality, and it gives that physicality something stable to hold on to. Because the number one reason we like our comfort zone is because it's it's fearful to be out of the comfort zone. And so we're having to combat fear and uh, the, the, the mortality issues, and we're all going to die, and we're going to fail, and no one will love us, and all of those things. So grounding helps satiate that fear that we're going to fail and et cetera and et cetera. Centering connects us to our spiritual connection. It connects us to the all, where the grounding connects us to the one. We are surviving. We are the human. The centering reaches up and it connects us to the energies of the cosmos, of the universe, of God, goddess, whatever you want to call it. Having those two dualities perfectly in harmony in the human provides the human stability to take risks and do things daring in the world, but also to have a little bit of faith that it's going to be okay regardless how it turns out. And you can imagine the power shift in a person when they have those two components in alignment. It is dynamic. They really do start taking risks. And, and reaching their, you know, stretching their wings out and, and doing things daring that they may not have done before. So that's always the first place to start. Well, let's uh, talk about that a little bit for the, in uh, kind of layman's mm-hmm. terms. Uh, from what I've read and what I've learned elsewhere um, is it's important to make the one connection is kind of uh, the root of your, your root chakra into the earth and then uh, uh, up to the uh, crown up into the heavens, if you will. So could you talk mm-hmm. to us uh, a little bit about the practical steps people need to, to sort of do the grounding, you need to connect to the yeah. earth and then connect to the universe and, and get yourself in, in kind of an alignment. And that's, that's a great first step. If you can do that every day, that's a major yeah. step forward. It's, it's actually, yeah, it's actually recommended to do it every day. And if you need to do it multiple times a day, you do it as much as you need it. It's not a, it's not something where you set it and forget it. Like you want to check in on a daily basis to see how you're doing. I like using for, for just like breaking it down to like the simplest example. I love the tree imagery because our mind understands the anatomy of a tree. So this is a really great starter for somebody that doesn't know what this uh, technique means. So your root chakra, when you're connecting to the earth, you imagine the tree root system growing into the soil, reaching down as far as you want it to go. In fact, um, I like to play and and do – my imagery is very fantastical, and I like to just have fun with it. So you could grow the roots all the way into the bottom of the earth. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a reality kind of imagery. So what you're doing is you're growing those roots down, but you're drinking in the nutrition of the planet. And when you drink it in, you bring it up into the root chakra, which is right at the tailbone pelvic floor area. And then to center, imagine the limbs reaching up into the sky, grabbing the sunshine and the rain and the wind. Like you can imagine the raindrops being celestial energy, star energy, sun energy, whatever you want to connect to. That's completely up to you. But then it also brings it down into the tree, through the top of your head, into the tree trunk, and it nourishes that part of your body. That's why the Celts actually use the tree of life as their imagery, because it does satiate the humanity with the spirituality, and it's the perfect balance for those of us that are walking on the planet. Okay, yeah, and uh, I'll just a little personal story. I kind of do that pretty much every day uh, or a couple times a week at least where I'll be – a lot of times when I exercise or I'm walking, I, I imagine this uh, connection that I've made between my root to the center of the earth, and I say my name uh, a, a few times and imagine mm. a, a beam kind of going from my root all the way to the center of the earth. 
in like super fast time, obviously. And then when I feel it anchor, <clears throat> then it's, it's set. And, um, and then when I feel that I need to do it again, I'll just like with my hand cut it off and then do it again. Mm. And each time it gets, it gets stronger. And then the same thing, balancing all the way. I do a thing called the zero balancing meditation. It only takes about 10, 15 minutes. You connect to the earth and then all the way up to the apex of, a, of like a triangle, all the way up to the top of the universe, or you could do the sun or whatever, and then make sure it's mm-hmm. going through you. And I think just doing that one thing every day is, can be incredibly helpful for people to get them aligned because it's so easy for us to get knocked off balance um, right. in the crazy world we live in and with all of the radiation and the Wi-Fi and whatever is coming out of the computers and everything. It's just a lot of stuff coming at us as well as, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some toxic, toxic energy that's out there. So that's a good thing. Um, another area that people I think are getting more and more interested in is, uh, you know, the, knowing the, cho- the different chakras and kind of how to work with them. When I run, I imagine mm-hmm. I go through each chakra and breathe in and out through them. I go all the way up to the top. Um, and you, and I include the ears and you also include the ears. So could, for the sake right. of our audience, the benefit. Could you take us through just a quick how you view each of the chakras and just go from the root up? Yeah. Yeah, I love the chakra system. Um, I'm a little bit different in the sense of, because uh, when I first started, just a, a side story, I read a lot of books about the chakra systems. I did the Eastern philosophies, the Western philosophies. The problem I had is everyone seemed to have their own take and they had their own description and they should spin this way and they should be this big and everyone was different so I got very frustrated with you know trying to find the the exclusive way that they work and so I decided to go in and ask myself I went in Mm -hmm. and I talked to them and I cultivated a relationship with them and then the weirdest thing is I now can talk to chakra (laughs) they talk back and so it was a wow it was a trippy moment but yeah it was trippy and and when I do readings with people their chakras will talk to me they'll tell me what's out of balance so it's pretty at first it was a little trippy but now it's like okay it's super cool because I just go right to the source and figure out where the person is out of balance but yeah the root chakra for me is all about safety and security that's our most human of all of the chakras it's the one that works really really hard to keep us feeling secure in our very chaotic world so right there that's where that grounding is going to affect it's going to bring in a sense of stability in a chaotic experience but we have to be proactive with the grounding to uh, kind of let the root chakra know that we're on its side it can only do so much by itself and when we actively take a stance to go ahead and ground and support it, then now we're a team. Now we're working together and there's already a feeling of like, oh, thanks. I was working so hard and thanks for helping me. I needed that. And then moving up into the sacral chakra, for me, sacral is all about passion and creativity. It's how excited the human is in their own life. It's how much they love being in the world. So creating their art or their music or their love and birthing it into the world, that's where that's going to come from. So when the human is grounded and feels safe, they'll take risk and they'll put their beauty into the world. And then moving up into the sacral, or sorry, the solar plexus, which is right at the rib cage, uh, at the, the diaphragm area, that is the human in action. That's the person going to do the things. It oversees conviction, belief, boundaries, and then your personal power. And so if a person is balanced in that area, they're going to really believe in themselves and they're going to want to act on that. They're going to be, they're going to be in action for their own life and they're going to have really strong boundaries with people, not letting them overpower them or use them like a doormat. So it's, those three are really important to work together, especially if you want to put your art in the world, you got to have thick skin. People aren't going to like it. So when you have the conviction for yourself, then you just keep making art. Like you just kind of thanks for Mm -hmm. your suggestion and you just kind of keep moving on. Right. Yep. Getting into the heart. Heart is all about emotions, all the emotions, not just the good emotions. It's all of them. 
meaning every emotion is sacred. So they they deserve to be expressed just as much as the happy emotions are. So we want to, you know, kind of touch on that a little bit because we, as humans, we judge so harshly when we feel sad or angry or, you know, we try to stuff down those quote-unquote negative emotions, but that causes issues in the heart chakra. So it's really important to honor how you feel by breathing through it. And trust me, if you can really just breathe through it, it'll pass. It doesn't get stifled and shoved down, um, causing disruption in the body. Moving into the throat chakra, throat chakra is all about communication. It's all communication. Not only the words you speak outward, but the words you speak to yourself as well. So the self-talk, um, we all are guilty of the negative self-talk. I'm sure everyone understands that. So that's also coming from the throat chakra. Moving up into the third eye. Third eye is the perception. You see the world the way you see the world. You see it how you believe it. It is way, the way you believe. That's the thing about perception. It's so tricky. Um, when one is grounded, you see the world in a way that you can be in action for it. Like, oh, that's happening. I've got this. If you're not grounded and you see the very same thing happen, it could cause you fear. Like you were saying, it'll have people run away. Um, they don't want to get involved because they're ungrounded. They don't, they don't have that sense of security or safety within themselves. And so that's why they run away. But if a person is grounded, they're going to be more um, going towards the cause or more towards the issue to uh, take care of it for people. Um, yes, I love the ear chakras. Ear chakras are also about perception, but they're, not, uh, they're an auditory perception where the, the third eye is more of a visual perception. So you're going to hear what you think you want to hear. It's the perception in how people speak to us and and what we think they meant, and, and there's that can cause a lot of problems as well, misunderstandings and misquotings and things. And then finally at the top of the head, the crown chakra is your connection to source, uh, whatever you want to call that. It also is where your faith resides, and it's not always about religious faith or spiritual faith. It It is also the faith you have within yourself, like the faith that you can do something or that you you want to put your set your beauty into the world and the faith that you can do it. So it, it lets you connect to something bigger than you are. It's the bigger picture where the root chakra is the microcosm. The crown chakra is the macrocosm. Okay. So what can people, um, that was fantastic by the way. Thank you. How how can people, um, you know, practically speaking, what what do they do now? Okay, we know what the chakras are. Uh-huh. They're different colors. And uh, and I specifically want to get into the third eye, but just overall, how do how do they work with their chakras to get the most out of them? Because these are these kind of circular wheels, if you will, spinning through the center uh-huh. of your body, leading from your root all the way up, and they have different colors. And I I'm not sure if they they go clockwise or counterclockwise. See, that's um, what I mean. Like, there's so many books that, because, that yes, exactly. they, um, yeah, they go over, they, they say their own thing. Like, for me, I don't care how they spin. I want to go in and make sure they're okay because I'm trusting that if they're okay, they're going to spin the way they need to spin. Okay. So should people, Morgan, yeah. meditate on their chakras? Uh, chakras, uh, well, how, how do they, you know, put them to use, the best yeah. use, and get to kind of get a grip on them, if you will? Yeah, meditation is a really great start because it. First of all, when you meditate, you are being present with self, so that's that's a really great tool. So when you go into self and you're present to that, go in with the intention of. And it's gonna sound really funny, but please have fun with this, right? For your listeners, just have fun with it. Go in and say hi to your root chakra. Just say hi. I I want to play with you. I understand that you work really hard to keep me safe and secure, and I'm so grateful that you do. I want to play with you. What would you like to show me? What would you like to tell me? Mm-hmm. I That's great. promise you, if you can go in with an open mind, 
and willing to receive an answer, you'll receive an answer. It'll either show up in an imagery, you'll hear something, you'll feel something, or you'll you'll just know what it's trying to tell you. And to me, that's more important than understanding the the book information, like you know the structure and the study and the legend and lore of it. If you can create a relationship with your chakra system. They are your navigation. They tell you instantaneously how you're doing about what you just did. If you Mm -hmm. make a choice and that choice does not align with you, whichever area the chakra rules over, it's going to tell you that you made a choice that doesn't align with your highest good. It grabs. It gives a little tickle. There might be a little pressure. Um, The longer it goes on, you might get pain. It's not something wrong with your body. It's your chakra is telling you, hey, I don't know if you noticed this, but that thing you just did yesterday, that doesn't work for us. So it's a a real-time check-in to be able to adjust your path, to adjust your journey, to bring it into alignment for yourself. Got it. Uh, I want to get into three areas. We don't have too much time, but I think they're really important for our listeners. Um, one is, okay, meditation, a lot of people want to meditate, and I've heard so many people say, I can't meditate, and it's all about the monkey chatter. They can't, the toughest mm-hmm. part is just getting into the meditation. So what I do, yeah. um, I studied hypnosis, so I know how to take myself down pretty quick. But one of the things I do to myself is what I would do to other people is just imagine, take three deep breaths or more, and then kind of like imagine there's kind of a, a brush, like a paintbrush with white paint or almost make it invisible, paint through every section of my body, just clean it, like yeah. brush everything off of it. And by the time I get through all of that, I'm down in a state where I'm not thinking, you know, thoughts, right. well, thoughts have been, will be, you know, going by. But then by the time I've cleaned everything off, I'm in a meditative state. That works for me. Everybody has mm-hmm. a different style. What would be your, but the biggest mm-hmm. challenge, my point is the biggest challenge for people is to getting into that meditative state. And once they do that, then they can communicate with the chakras. Then they can maybe work on opening up their third eye. But the toughest thing, and a lot of people just, they don't go over that. They don't go, they don't go for that first hurdle because you have to do a little bit of work, even though it's not worky work. It's, it's, it's still, you have to have an effort without putting an effort, if you will. What's your Mm -hmm. advice? Well, one of the misconceptions is that meditation is shutting down the brain, and that's where that's you're already you're already wrong. You're already going to feel like you can't do it because it's not about shutting down the brain; it's about training the brain to focus on something you want. So I tell mm-hmm. people, go hug the monkey mind. Like trying to shut down the monkey mind only makes it. it it's a two-year-old. Have you ever tried to tell a two-year-old to be quiet when they don't want to yes. be quiet? No, yes. they throw a freaking tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you've got to acknowledge the monkey mind and say, hi, I understand you have a lot to say right now, but right now we're meditating. And so instead of trying to shut it down, why don't you go ahead and try training it and letting it know that right now we're meditating and it actually relaxes the brain because that's what's happening is mm-hmm. the brain, yep. the ego thinks that, something's wrong and it's trying to distract you. It's trying to get you out of that, uh, out of that mindset. So train it, give it something to focus on. And I like your imagery too. I use um, a squeegee. So I, I see all the thoughts on a window and I, I use a squeegee and I, I scrape them off and I can see out the window really clearly. So yeah, we all have our own, our own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, right? Yep, absolutely, and it's important too. Um, okay, drilling down into so let's get into specific the pineal gland, the third eye that mm-hmm. people are learning more and more about, and those who can meditate, yeah. who who've taught themselves to meditate, they really you know you can make a major breakthrough if you can begin to uh, open up that third eye, and uh, you mm-hmm. know it was either like you know, limit your fluoride intake. Uh, or eliminate it completely, uh, exercise a lot. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of things you can do, but what's your advice to have that third eye activated the way it should be? Um, okay, so this is my, my, little, my little thing about the third eye, is that not everyone is clairvoyant, 
And so if everyone is trying to open up that third eye to see things and their gift is not clairvoyant, they're going to be frustrated. And so that's my little like caveat to that mm-hmm. conversation is one must connect to the way you get your own guidance because people either see, hear, feel, or know. So if you're trying to force the third eye to open, it won't open. But if you want to talk about that, it is really about meditation. I do agree with the fluoride intake. I also do a little sun gazing. Sun gazing is when you can let in sunlight the the earliest morning to the latest mm-hmm. evening, just before mm-hmm. the sun goes down or up. Let in that golden light into your eyes. That light saturates the pineal gland and it activates it. And it turns it on and it cleans it up and it, and it decalcifies it. So sun gazing is a really beautiful way to, uh, to bring in light. It also uh, bumps up your serotonin levels when you do that and your dopamine. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a nice little uh, uh, feel-good moment <laughs> to, have, to have all those, those good hormones pumping through you. Okay. Um, a last uh important subject I want to get in that we have time for is the law of attraction. So many people, you know, they're into every since the secret came out, a lot of manifesting, uh, people, a lot of frustration out there. And, um, you know, we, we can do, as you said, I think it's so important, Morgan, you said that we are a lot more powerful than we give ourselves credit for, or that the powers that be give ourselves credit for. Um, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get manifesting wrong. And one of the things I know for myself that I have done wrong in the past, but I've gotten better at it is I'm not as focused on the outcome or scripting a specific outcome, but it's a slippery slope. People are told to like visualize exactly what they want to have happen and then, then kind of let it go. And I think what happens is mm-hmm. they start to squeeze it. And like, because, oh, well, I've been told I have to visualize exactly how it's going to happen. And I have to go through the whole thing like it's already happened. And that, that makes it right. tough to let it go then because you're thinking, well, I have to control this process. But it, the, the way you control it is by doing the proper steps and then handing it off to the universe. And uh, you go through this right. in the book, but could you just give us a little shorthand on that? Yeah, we get very attached to the outcome, and I think that's the law of attraction killer (laughs) because when we want it the way we want it, and you're right, we think we have to work really hard for it, and and it squeezes it. I like to remember that the universe is designed to answer every question we have. It brings us the answers. It, it, It responds to every vibration we send out, and now the responsibility is what are you asking for? So when you're putting information out into the universe, you're going to get the answer back. But I also like to leave a little caveat, like little added statement onto that is I want what I want, but I'm open to what's best because I have to also trust that the universe sees what I don't see. I only see what I can see in my very limited viewpoint I want to be open to what's best. And in that little tagline, it allows me, there's a perfect balance in there of I'm going to work towards what I want. I'm going to show up every day and work for it, but I'm open to what's best. And that allows me to let go of attachment and trust that I'm going to get what's going to work for me. Got it. Okay, fantastic. So um, let's just finish up. We didn't get any calls. But um, I'm not surprised. It's Columbus Day. People are just getting back from wherever. And a lot of times, um, the majority of listeners or podcasts listen when they want to listen. So don't take it personally that we didn't get calls. Um, Oh, I know. I trust it. (laughs) But since I am here, what do I need to know? Oh, let's look at you. Because I know that we we touched base when we first met. So let me look at your energy. When I read somebody more than once, a lot of the times I can, because I don't remember what we talked about, but I can see what's changed. You've been focusing on your heart chakra a lot lately. It feels like you've been offloading some old stuff. Yes. I see like this, I see this office imagery where you're filing away old documents and putting them to bed. So whatever work you've been doing in the emotional realm, you've been doing really well. Like that's starting to um, 
you've put away things so that there's more room for the new things. That makes sense. A hundred percent sense because I've been doing not only have I been doing it physically, but emotionally, as you said, I've been cleaning up my workspace and other spaces, just getting rid of stuff, getting rid of stuff, getting rid of stuff. And emotionally, I've been doing the same thing. And uh, uh, I bring a couple of things, close relationships to uh, to closure and release in a a really positive way. Uh, For instance, um, I had this uh, work I did with this uh, Sarah R. Adams last week. And one of the things she mentioned to me was you had to let go of my dad. Now he passed a few months ago mm. and um, I've had a really close connection. He's been showing up in dreams like bang right in front of me. And she told me, you know, you really have to let him go uh, so he can do his thing. Yeah. So, so, and, um, and I'm sure it's tied into some issues that we might've had about unspoken, like maybe, cause he traveled a lot and maybe he wasn't around to, to, yeah. mentor me as much or whatever, but I never had an issue in any of that. But anyhow, it was an emotional uh, thing and uh, it really made a big difference because it was like, poof, okay, I'm yeah. processing, you know, how do you let go of some, some things like that? And I'm, I'm, I'm historically not been a good, good at letting go of different things, but the more I do it, it, it does open up room for other new things to come in. And I think I really need that. So I don't, I don't mean to be stepping on your words there because you're doing the reading. Yeah, no, 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 you're good. Yeah, I actually got some more imagery around that because I get that it wasn't about 100% about you letting him go. I feel like he needed to know that it was okay that you let him go. Like it, there was some energy on his side of the spectrum as well where he wanted to, like this crossover when you were talking, like I saw him show up and it was more about he wanted – to know that it was okay for him to go, that you were okay to let him go. And so when that happened, it really created this beautiful chasm where everything opened up and I saw all of these files stack up to the ceiling that you were putting away. So I love that you're doing that in your physical world because a lot of the times when we don't understand how to emotionally heal, our outside world matches our inside world. That's when we start decluttering and, and cleaning and throwing mm-hmm. things out and, you know, getting mm-hmm. rid of stuff because we may not know how to do that emotionally exactly right, so we'll do it physically. And so you've been doing really well with that. Um, I get his sadness. I get his regret. But I also get his gratitude for who you were for him even though he he didn't show that gratitude to you very often, he sees the gratitude mm. now. Like he oh, sees okay. it. He like he is really proud of you, but he knows his regret is that he he doesn't communicate very well, does he? He wasn't a good communicator. Well, that generation wasn't that, all uh, you know huggy and okay. lovey, uh, you know. So right. Because I but think he's matter. struggling to find the words. Yeah, he's struggling to find the words for me. But feeling, I get that he's very proud and he's grateful for who you were for him. And been, being able to let him go, it feels like there's a completion there. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you yeah. Know we have a caller. You want to take a call? Quick mini reading? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to bring on somebody's from the 972 area code. Tell us your name and your question for Morgan. Good evening. Welcome to Guys Guys Hi. Radio. Who's this? Hi, this is Kathy. Hi, Morgan. Hi, sweetie pie. Aw. Hi, honey. Yeah, How are you? Yeah, I'm good. And I'm sorry. Yeah. I, the host name has slipped my mind. But hello to you, too. Hi. Robert. <laughs> um, Robert. And... <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, just whatever I need to hear. All right. Take a big breath, sweetie pie. Okay. <sighs> yeah. All right. So I hear there's nothing you could have done. There's nothing you could have done because I know that you're asking about your baby. And I know you're asking about Bella. And there's nothing you could have done. Okay. That, um, let me see. Uh, yeah. 
it just feels very um it's an interesting so it's it's very um uh, for the listeners yes i i know i know kathy i know why she's calling um so just to speak plainly about it um there's a pause in there there's she's processing and you're processing so because it was so soon it was so uh, recent there's still mm-hmm. some processing going on but everything is okay she's okay you're going to be okay your other babies are okay you're not in danger like she's just kind of like washing energy over the whole like your whole mindset right now um there's going to be some transition time you're going I don't know why she's like, you're going to love again. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, if you've been do. shutting down or something. Her, well, I always thought of her as, and just so people know, it's my dog, one of my dogs. Yeah. Um, but she was the big lover of the family. Just She okay. was just all love. And so, yeah, yeah, that's that makes sense to me. You're going to love again. So let yourself have this mourning period. She's really okay. She's safe. Um, it's just a lot of heavy right now. So whatever you can do to self-care and and offload, because I'm feeling the heavy in your chest, just yes, allow yourself yes. to process. And there was, but she just keeps saying there's nothing you could have done. Yeah, so wherever you feel like there may be, yeah, yeah it's okay. Sweetie. I thought I missed something, and no. Yeah. Nope, everything is okay. not not fine, but everything's okay. All right. Oh, thank so you so thank much you for very calling. Much. And right. thanks for listening. Thanks, honey. Okay, right. take Bye, care. Bye bye. All right, fantastic. Okay, well, thank you, Morgan. Um, and I'm glad we got a caller in. Um, let's. Uh, yeah. First of all, uh, you're fantastic, and I'm so pleased that you uh, we finally got you on Guys Guys Radio. Hopefully, we can do it yeah. again. Um, Tell us where uh, we can find out more about you, where we can get your book, your website, your uh, the other things, your programs that are available. Yeah. Yeah. My website is morriganlin.com, and I'll spell it because it's, it's all fancy. Please. It's M-O-R-R-I-G-H-A-N-L-Y-N-N-E.com. And my book is available on my website. However, it's also available through Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And I'm actually getting ready to move from the DFW area to Boise, Idaho next month right. uh, at the end of this month. I'm so excited to get out of here and get back to nature and the mountains and all that. So, um, But, yeah, the, the MorganLynn.com is my central website, and you can find me on Facebook and I'm pretty approachable. I love meeting new people and talking to people. So if anybody wanted to reach out and say hi, you're more than welcome to. I'd love that. Fantastic. Well, I might actually follow up and ask you about Boise, Idaho, because my wife and I were were trying to figure out what's the best place to move. We have a five-year-old son. We're thinking, well, maybe we should go overseas for a few years while he's still young. We like San Diego. It's like as, as expensive as New York. We're concerned about, you know, if there's a solar flash or something like that, where do you want to be? I said Idaho, actually, mm-hmm. to her. And, like, we don't right. know anything about it. We've never been there, but it could be cool. I don't know. What, what, what's uh, your connection to Idaho, or is there one? I used to live there before. I'm originally from Texas, but I, I lived there for seven years, um, and then I moved back to Texas, and now mm-hmm. my husband and I are, are craving nature, and I'm like, we asked Spirit, where do we belong? And Spirit said, Boise, Idaho. And I'm like, seriously, I just went there. And they're like, yep, that's where you're going. And I said, okay. And uh, we're packing up and heading over. We love it. It's it's a really good place to raise kids, to be honest. It's very family-oriented and lots of outdoor activities. It's beautiful. Fantastic. i got to check it out. All right, yeah. good. Well, good yeah, luck with that. your move. And thank you so much thank for, you. again for being on the show. And I uh, hope we can do it yeah. again. And uh, everybody, check out Morgan's book, uh, The Spirited Human, Proactive Tools for a Reactive World. So, okay, we've run over a little bit, but that's okay. I always book extra time, and especially for very nice guests like yourself, Morgan. So thanks so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Really appreciate your being here. Thank you, too, sir. I really enjoyed connecting with you again. Thanks. All right. Be well. Okay. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to wrap up. 
The Guys Guy Radio. All right. Uh, we're running a little bit late this evening, so I was going to talk a little bit about that whole search for meaning issue, but I think I will instead just briefly mention um, today is Indigenous People's Day, or as it's been known in the past, Columbus Day. I mentioned Columbus Day a little bit last week. I have a background Italian-American as part of it, and I think Columbus did some tremendous things in terms of his taking those little boats, getting that money sailing across the Atlantic. It took a lot of guts in those days to do that. They didn't know if the world was flat or whatever. That was gutsy. But the way the people, the indigenous people were treated when he got to Haiti and I don't know if he got to Puerto Rico, but some of the Caribbean islands and then what happened over the years, just absolutely horrible. And so I'm so glad that they're actually making this Indigenous Peoples Day. And in Columbus, Ohio, they're not even celebrating Columbus Day. Here in New York, there's a lot of Italian-Americans and a lot of them are saying, you're not taking Columbus away from us. Well, nobody's trying to take Columbus away. And there's a beautiful statue at 59th Street at Columbus Circle. And there was a parade today for Columbus Day. But let's let's be smart now. It's 2018. If we learn more and look back at the history and see some of these things that were done, we have to realize, hey, you know, on the plus side, it was uh, great to sail across the Atlantic and find new lands. But when you get there, there's no reason to treat the people the way they were treated, which was a lot of them were killed. A lot of them were made slaves. That's not the idea, but uh, that's what happens. So anyhow, that's our Guys Guys Radio for this evening. I really appreciate your listening. And uh, we're going to be back. Uh, this is a special Monday podcast. We're going to be back again on Wednesday with very well-known relationship expert, Laurel House. So I can't wait till then. And I hope we see you then at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. And until then, remember, like I always say, guys, guys, finish first.